Welcome to Startup Confidential. What food and beverage industry players will never tell you that you need to know if you're running a startup. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 57, Founder Archetypes, The Missionary. The primary trade shows for early stage consumer brands are hosted by a company called New Hope Media, a trade promotions and media company. As the name suggests, New Hope is infused with advocacy and missionary zeal. Like a whole lot of change, the worldism out there. Given its origins in the 1990s when organic anything was a truly unknown niche to most Americans, Hope truly does seem like it was a smart branding move on their part. And the sheer improbability of scaling anything organic back then correlated strongly with a real need for truly missionary zeal. And it's still around, folks, this zeal to change America's food and agricultural system away from a subsidized corn and dairy shit show to something based on real food sans a stew of chemical additives that all date from around 1930 onwards. Over 10,000 additives get mixed into food and beverage items today, folks. That zeal was understandable in the early years because the scale of impact in the first decades of, of the organic movement was tiny and objectively, well, sad. I mean, how the hell do you scale organic milk when there are virtually no large-scale organic dairies? Or more importantly, any dairies willing to convert their operations to your crazy new standard with some uncertain market size? Well, you slog along with zeal, converting each one of those dairy farms or converting some of them one by one like Horizon did. Today, though, misplaced missionary zeal to change the world with your CPG brand can get in the way of professionalizing yourself quickly enough to get to scale in a much, much, much more competitive market for premium goods than 1991. Today, you need to professionalize quickly into a serious competitor and learn how to compartmentalize your mission, channel it temporarily and largely as a personal motivator. Or honestly, you may steer way off course or simply get knocked aside by smarter competitors who've copied your mission on the surface, even the supply chain it's based on maybe, purely to take your idea to scale without you as a better operator. Okay, that's a bit dramatic, but how did I get there logically? How does zeal get in the way of riding the ramp, as I like to say? Well, here's some background. In graduate school, I developed an accidental expertise in missionary psychology, and I acquired it of all places, at an archive at Harvard. I spent two months, yes, reading over 2,000 private letters from American missionaries operating large school systems in colonial India. I was hunting for nuggets of social history to connect to my 18 months of anthropological fieldwork, which doesn't concern you. But in the two months I spent poring over missionary correspondence, I realized there were tons of parallels between the ups and downs and administrative BS in colonial mission schools and basically any mission-driven organization with lofty goals. As I read the letters, I realized there were plenty of missionaries who simply did not belong abroad, folks, because they just didn't have what it takes to execute, to slog through the process of setting up cultural institutions in a foreign cultural world. Some didn't even like people, per se. Sounds odd, but I found these people in the archives. Grade-A misanthropes doing essentially a foreign office job they had come to clearly detest. Cultural differences, real folks, and if you can't show empathy and adapt living abroad, becomes a torture chamber 
regardless of your lofty mission. I mean, these folks should have really just stayed home and written a check instead. At lunch each day during my archival spelunking, I constantly danced between these colonial letters and conversations I'd had in my life with anthropologist peers doing NGO and development work in the emerging world, the modern secular missionaries. Some of them were in my doctoral program at Wisconsin in the mid-1990s. One was a Peace Corps veteran who'd worked in Guinea in West Africa, and she really enjoyed living there. Like, she really enjoyed the work. She enjoyed evangelizing toilets and the messy, gritty, ambiguous work of executing development programs. She absolutely loved the people and the culture and basically wanted to live there. There are two primary kinds of missionary in the world, and I don't care what the goal is, what that idealistic goal is. And mission-driven founders and CPG have to decide which one they want to be. The ones who love working day in and day out with people to address their needs, think Mother Teresa, or the one who simply wants to race towards some objective by any legal means possible with minimal regard for the people they serve. At times, the same person can flip-flop between these two very, very different frames of mind, goal-oriented and process-oriented. Now, this is nothing new to organizational psychologists, but what causes problems for CPG founders who are mission-driven is that the goal, the mission, clouds their judgment as they deliver their goods, ultimately to end consumers. And they easily spend way too much time doing PR interviews about their glorious mission, their sacred objectives, and way too little time listening to their early fans and haters, iterating, working hard to optimize what they have, learning how to operate the business and scale it, and getting to scale. They ruminate too much on the goal and avoid improving the process of running the business and getting it to scale. Look, in an odd way, mission-driven founders, they easily become a lot like the crass stereotype of a Fortune 100 male CEO who behaves as if the consumer is some lagging variable in their success, something to be manipulated into compliance. Early-stage companies don't, you know, that are founded on missionary zeal usually for some kind of climate change impact. They don't need to abandon their missions, but they need to flip the script and learn to delay their mission gratification, just like a good colonial missionary. They need to focus on serving consumers in their categories until they achieve scale, because that's when they can start focusing more on the mission. Once you've attained some basic scale, you now have profits being created at scale, and unit volume driving a supply chain at scale that actually are having an impact on the world, which is why you started the company and set out on your mission to begin with. And it also makes a much more impressive story than donating 1% for the planet in your negative EBIT plus 75,000 annual trailing sales business. Not interesting, right? So if you're going to be a mission-driven founder, Focus on consumers, focus on your innovation, serve them, get to scale, and then beat the missionary drum. That's all I've got for today, folks. Be safe out there. Dr. Richardson's new book, Ramping Your Brand, is available now on Amazon. Please check it out and spread the word. And don't forget also to take his founder's quiz to see if your team is ready to ride the ramp of exponential growth. You can download the quiz at rampingyourbrand.com anytime. And feel free to share your scores with Dr. Richardson anytime at james at premiumgrowthsolutions.com.